It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's going on, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. EP 208 is now in your ears right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. It's Jake Elliott. It's Tino Farah with you. As uh, I don't know what's going on with you guys, Tino. Uh, you were sick a couple of weeks ago. Evan is under the weather this week. Uh, so he is uh, on break here for EP 208. So it's me and you. As our NLL season previews will continue, uh, Colorado, Halifax coming up this week. I will look forward to a couple of good chats that we recorded actually a week ago. We got Brad Self, champion GM of the Colorado Mammoth, and Kurt Styers, owner and general manager of the Halifax Thunderbirds coming up. Two great conversations. I know that for a fact because they've already happened. Uh, so we'll look forward to those two chats. Uh, Lex Plus Locks, of course, coming up in quarter four. We get back into the mix here, Tino. Evan is out. He screwed up the parlay last week anyway. So we're back in business. My, my bet didn't come through last week either, but uh, I don't know how you how you did. Uh, How's it going? I, I believe we lost. I like. I believe I lost as well. Uh, but I'm good. I mean, uh, yeah, nothing too crazy over here. Um, at least compared to your current location, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if you filled the <laughs> listeners in at any point on on where you are, but should you? If no, you I think yeah, I probably should. Uh, no visuals here, obviously, but uh, I am currently sitting on my patio here in Cancun, Mexico, overlooking the prestige pool. I, I gave you a little look at that, Tino. It is, uh, I want to say, about 85, just after 5 o'clock here in Cancun. Uh, it is not a cloud in the sky. I'm red as a lobster, uh, quite <laughs> frankly, drunk as a skunk, and probably tired as a bear in winter right now, be it from, from day drinking for the last uh, three days straight. But uh, we're here. We're doing the podcast. I think we're probably making a little box lacrosse podcast history. the yeah, first podcast from Mexico. So, yeah, man, uh, can't can't complain whatsoever. Uh, here for a week and and still got a few more days after this. But uh, the pod stops for no man, and we weren't going to let EP two hundred eight slide by. But I'm happy to do it. Take a little break, talk some lacrosse while I'm here in Mexico, and uh, crank out another podcast, man. So. I'm in I'm in Cancun. Where where are you hanging out? You're in Maple Ridge. What is Surrey? Uh, what do you do? Yes, yeah, sir. I mean, I'm just at home. I just got home from work. Uh, yeah, weekend was like nothing crazy. I worked all weekend. Tried to tried to chill out a little bit on Saturday night, and Sunday was just like torrential downpours here the entire day. Which obviously, you know nothing about currently. So, well, uh, but well. honestly, like I'm one of the I'm one of the people that actually enjoys that kind of weather. Like I was I was kind of down to just chill out and have a lazy day. Uh, I ordered yeah. some food for dinner and just and just tried to relax for the most for the most part. Where did you get? Uh, wow, what do we get? Tap house or something like that? I don't know. Just, this is just like riveting conversation. People learn. Well, no, you know, <laughs> I just kind of wondered, you know, what your takeout go to was when you're enjoying an atmospheric river at home. <laughs> yeah, I think I just got uh, I don't know some pizza or something like that from from Tap House, but. Right. Um, 
I guess since you're in Mexico, that means no uh, no disc golf update from you, hey? No. <laughs> yeah, well done on that, man. I uh, no, you know what? I searched up the old UDisc app before I came down <laughs> just to, just to see if there might be a course or two down here in Cancun, but unfortunately not. I I was you know down on the beach earlier today, and I was thinking to myself, man, if I just had a couple of putters and a basket down here, I could spend hours uh, frolicking on the beach, uh, throwing some putts around. But uh, not not the case. But I'll be eager to get back at it uh, when we get back next week to to get back out on the course there. But uh, no disc golf free for a week here. You know, I bet so you. Okay. I bet you if you look hard enough, they have some ball golf courses that you could, that you could try out if you really want. Uh, yeah, some ball <laughs> golf. No, you know what? Uh, uh, Danny just uh, let me know that there's some grass tennis courts. I've never played tennis on grass before, uh, so I think we're going to check that out tomorrow. We're going to go play some tennis on, on some grass. Hell yeah, love that. So that'll be that'll be, be exciting. All right, enough chit chat, Tino. We want to keep this tight here on EP two hundred eight. I got to get back to my vacation, so let's get into it. It's time for the big focus. Big focus. Big focus. Focus. Another than a big focus. Focus. Big focus. Focus, focus, the little big focus. Big focus, big focus. You gotta. <laughs> I want you to work on it, like change it up a little bit. Come I know on. you like to go there, man. <laughs> You're gonna give I me miss, criticism from Mexico. Come on, I, I miss it. I miss it. How about a horse? <laughs> no, I miss no, a horse. No, no, no. We're saving those for when they're necessary. No more hoist. All right, all right. The big focus, of course, brought to you by Rycor Construction. They make it stand out. Interior, exterior renovations, none of that needed down here in Cancun. I can tell you it is beautiful, Tino. But who knows, with the atmospheric rivers ripping through British Columbia right now, some damage is going to be done. And you may need some help around the house. Call up Rycor Construction. Check them out online. they got a Facebook page. they got an Instagram. they got a website. And they'll help you along. They'll make it stand out while they do it. Rycor Construction. Make it stand out. Anyways, uh, big focus this week. Not a ton of like breaking news or anything going on in the National Lacrosse League right now. But what is underway are MLL training camps, man. I've been kind of keeping tabs on the content, on the teams, on the league. And, man, is it ever good and cool to see teams back out on the turf. You know, the bright-eyed rookies getting their first taste of camps and, you know, new players moving around, Fields in Rochester and Dixon and uh, Crowley down there in San Diego. And you're, and you're seeing a lot of, you know, new faces in new places and teams starting to crank out their content, which really just means, you know, that we're getting closer and closer to the start of the regular season. But this was really the big week here. Happy Halloween, by the way, as we're recording on Halloween. I just realized that. You dressing up? You going trick-or-treating tonight? No, nah. Full full transparency. I don't like Halloween. I'm not a Halloween oh. guy. Yeah, I don't okay. like to dress up. I don't particularly like fireworks or firecrackers or whatever. So if <laughs> if you can even call it a holiday, this is the one that I'll just I'll back away. You love the rainy, cold weather, but you don't like Halloween. Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. I think happens the day after Halloween down here in Mexico. It's supposed to be a pretty big deal. So 
we'll see what happens tomorrow. But uh, yeah, no, you know what? I, I had a quick chat with with Dan Richardson over the last couple of days, just kind of you know keeping tabs on on the Warrior boys and asking him. It's, it's kind of been a unique situation here for Vancouver. You know, we, the NLL came out with all their list of exhibition games. And I'm scanning up and down and going, okay, like I knew nobody was coming to Langley as far as training camps go. And there's usually a ton of exhibition games that go down there, but no exhibition games in BC and none for the Vancouver Warriors either, which, you know, I kind of thought like, is that a good idea? Is that a bad idea? You know, you want to get some game feel and some game action in, but talking with Dan a little bit, they had a scrimmage. I think it was the gold versus black uh, scrimmage uh, to kick things off. And by all accounts, it was an intense affair. A few broken shafts, a uh, couple of nicks and injuries uh, to a couple of players. But the, like, the, the, the message I got was it's intense. And I think the benefit that Vancouver will have maybe not playing any exhibition games is nobody's going to have any tape on them. Like, you know every GM around the league is going to be watching all these other exhibition games, and they're going to be breaking down film going into the season. Well, you're not going to have a chance to do that against Vancouver. So they won't get any live reps against any other teams, but nobody is going to be able to see what Troy Cordingly and, and Phil Sanderson and Curtis Hodgson are doing offensively, defensively, special teams. And I think that could be – an advantage for Vancouver coming out of training camp. Yeah. So like, I, I have a couple thoughts. I mean, first of all, I, I saw like kind of, te- I mean, we, so we saw the draft Vancouver teased those new helmets, the new decals all over the helmets. And then mm-hmm. with training camp here, we got, I mean, I've never seen them wear gold. Oh man. Jerseys for how good were those, do you know? Yeah. Like they looked pretty good. I don't know. Like, I, like I have no information here, but like, I'm wondering if maybe there's going to be a little bit more gold incorporated in, into their jerseys, or if we're going to see a third Jersey at some point this season, what, like, who knows? I don't know, but I was really intrigued to see gold practice jerseys, but anyways, yeah. um, before we hopped on here, like I was, as I was getting home from work, I was scrolling on Instagram and I saw on Logan Shuss's Instagram, he had those, I don't even know what they're called. It's like, it's almost like a sleeping bag specifically for your legs, like with individual. Oh yeah, yeah. Like icing <laughs> yeah. up his legs or whatever because of the intensity from from training camp and fitness testing and stuff. But that's yeah. exactly what. I mean, I'm kind of singling it on Vancouver here, obviously, because that's where I'm based. But that's exactly what we should be expecting from a how last season went and b mm-hmm. with what Troy Cordingly and how and what everybody's been saying about this the new you know, culture surrounding this Vancouver team. Troy accordingly said, we don't just want players that, you know, want to win. We want players that are obsessed with winning and, you know, where losing yeah. isn't good enough. So I think that's a great start that training camp has this really intense feel and guys are breaking shafts and it's intense and, and guys are hurting like the next day for however many days afterwards and, and so on. And, you know, my other thought with, I, I'm, I'm I kind of, I agree with you. It's kind of a double-edged sword with not having any preseason games, Vancouver at least, because yeah, you're right. Nobody will really have, um, you know, much of a book on what Vancouver is going to be doing. But that being said, you know, you can only scrimmage so much. Like it's a completely different animal to be scrimmaging or or playing games against, you know, another team that that wants to beat you up. You know what I mean? So yeah. yeah. I, I'm wondering if. 
Like, honestly, I don't know if any of these preseason games out East were being streamed anywhere or if there's any video of it whatsoever. I'm wondering if, if you know, the Warriors have some scouts down there or something to be able to try to get a book on these other teams. But yeah. I would agree to a certain extent that it it is a little bit of a competitive advantage that Vancouver is going to come into the season with completely fresh face. Like, nobody's going to have really much of an idea if they're changing up a ton of things or not. But that being said... Um, it's, it's like I said, it's a different animal to be able to play games against other teams. Yeah. And, and just to stay on Vancouver here, if nothing else, they're going to come out of training camp, just salivating Absolutely. to hit somebody in, in, in a different color Jersey. Yeah. And, and, and I think you see that a little bit in football as well, where, you know, you, you can only line up against the teammates so many times before you're just like, I give me some fresh meat sort of thing. And, and I think that's the mindset that they want to go into to the opener in the regular season with. So we'll see how it plays out. Uh, I think they start their season. Their first two games are on the road, Toronto and then Calgary, before they get home on the 16th. So, um, you know, not not the easiest schedule for Vancouver to start out. But, hey, like there's not going to be any easy nights in the National Cross League for any team, for that matter. Yeah, and I think as well, like, I think you're bang on like we're, we're going to see Vancouver for their first game come out like so fired up, just frothing at the mouth to play somebody else and, and get the season started. But don't forget that Toronto game is guaranteed win night for the rock. So right. there, there's a little bit of motivation there for the Warriors yeah. as well. So I think with the combination of, you know, like frothing at the mouth for a new opponent, plus trying to, uh, you know, shut down the guaranteed win night. I think we're going to see a, a motivated Vancouver team. No doubt. And, and I like the most interesting thing to me is going to be the goaltending battle. Like I, I think Steve Fryer, you know, the, the veteran, the elder statesman there probably has the inside edge on, on being the number one there, but don't be surprised if either Walsh or, or Woods or even Cosgrove, surprises somebody and, and and takes that job away because I, I think the the youth movement is on in goal here in Vancouver and and I think they were pretty impressed with what they saw in the first weekend as well. So that's something to keep an eye on as training camp moves along. Another three weeks to go as we work our way to the beginning of December. Tino, I just you know I'm sitting out on the deck here. I just watched this guy get out of the pool. You know, bigger, bigger fellow, not going to lie, you know, not exactly shredded, but I thought I was sunburned. This guy got out of the pool and my eyes almost bugged out of my head. And (laughs) (laughs) the best part about it is I guess he was like leaning over the entire day. So right under his man, his moobs, his man boobs, like his whole body was red and then he stood up straight and there's... It's like big white strip right under this guy's nipples. Like so funny. Sorry oh to get distracted. I, I hope that uh, guy's a listener of the pod. Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> was uh, my neighbors may be like, what are these guys? What's this guy talking about? Uh, who's he talking to over there? Anyways. Uh, so big focus. NLL training camps are officially underway. We're about to turn the calendar into November, which just means another 30 days or so to go before the start of the regular season. I can't believe it, man. It- it's going to whip by and the season's going to be here 
before you know it. Uh, are we good on quarter one? Big focus. Are we done on that? I think we are. You with me? Tino? Yeah, so, sorry, you lagged there for that. I'll fix that in editing. Oh. Uh, yeah, I think we're, oh. I think we're good to go. Though. Okay, let's take a quick break here. And I believe it's Kurt Styers. Yeah, coming up next. Halifax Thunderbirds always enjoy talking lacrosse with Kurt Styers. A conversation like any other. Halifax Thunderbirds NLL season previews, episode 208, is back after this. Quarter two coming right up. Hey, this is Mark Madden, the Team Canada, Saskatchewan Rush, and the Peterborough Lakers. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, throwing the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified into the second quarter of EP207. We go. No, that's wrong. We're in episode 208. I knew I was going to screw that up. That's okay. <laughs> uh, one thing I do know is that our NLL season previews are sponsored by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. And one thing among many that they have inside the confines of Stampede Tack and Western Wear is the Storm Rider jean jacket. It's the classic. It's the most popular jean jacket of all time. And this is the perfect type of weather to be rocking a Stormrider jean jacket. Check them out online at stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. Or you can head out there to the Dale of Clover, Highway 10, the corner of 180th. They've been there since 1966. Stormrider jean jacket, Stampede Tack, and Western wear. Not sure if this man has a jean jacket or not, but uh, we welcome back the owner and general manager of the Halifax Thunderbirds in one, Kurt Styers. Kurt, thanks for making some time here on Lax Klaus. Uh, I know we had a kind of a brief chance to catch up at the President's Cup back there in Alberta in September, but uh, good to have you back on Lax Klaus. How are things? Things are well. Getting excited for the season, for sure. It was good to get out and watch some town out to Edmonton. And always, always ready to uh, look at the next next best thing out on the lacrosse floor. Yeah. So sometimes you got to travel. Fortunate enough to travel in good weather out to Edmonton. That was great. It sure was. Uh, you got a chance to watch uh, your boy Bull play as well, which must have been a big thrill for you. We'll talk about that. Uh, brand new five-year contract in tow for him. But uh, i got to ask you about this. You said you were going hunting with your brother, I believe, up in Saskatchewan after the President's Cup. Uh, how'd that go? Yeah, it was it was good. We had, had some long talks and some long walks in the woods. It's always good for the soul for me to to go for a walk in the woods and try to do some soul searching and maybe make a plan to save the world. But well, this is interesting to me. I, I and and I would relish the opportunity to go on one of these long walks and have a long talk with you, Kurt. But what what sort of things are are running through your mind and what sort of things are you talking about when? You're out for a good long walk in the woods. And and I guess the hunting is kind of secondary if something pops up, uh, bonus. But it's it sounds like it's more about, uh, you know, kind of cleansing your soul and, and searching a little bit. Yeah, I, I've been hunting for, you know, since as well, far as I can remember. But I, I know with for me, it's, uh, you know, go walking into the woods. You know, you have a searching for some answers. It's always good to, to have a walk in the woods. When I do it anyways, it seems like things are more clear. You know, there's no outside noise by you know cell phones going off or you know far as i was going i think i, I actually stayed four nights right in the right in, right in the, the woods there wow with you know with no power no you know this just me so it was it was good it wasn't too cold fortunately good evan you're up for 
looking back at last season, the the team dynamic was, I would say, different because you had this floating situation where games were being postponed. They were getting moved to Hamilton. They were being played in front of empty arenas. How much did that affect the final results at the end of the year? Uh, you know, being professional, we have to be ready for everything. And, you know, we don't, we can't blame anybody except for ourselves not being prepared for that. But if we look back on, on our um, first year in Halifax, you know, we were on a run, you know, like we had five games going, we had a shot at the pennant and fans in, in Halifax were behind us, you know, if, you know, we had, you know, since we're kind of a team that a lot of Ontario players. So when we come to, Toronto and Buffalo and Rochester for most part that's that's a home game like we could we could bring you know a few thousand people I know when we played in in Toronto it was Toronto's game and they were able to sell tickets I think we sold probably four or five thousand tickets four thousand tickets from Six Nations at the ILA sports store so it, it's a it's a big factor I know a lot of people I mean Cody Jameson was talking today and everybody plays a little bit a little bit better, a little bit more determined when you got a family member in the in a crowd. With us having a having a fan base the way we did in our first year in Halifax, you know, they they cheered us to victory, you know, on more than one occasion, you know, like that game against Buffalo, we win by one. If we we're playing in Buffalo, that, that may not have went went that way. So the fans do do mean a lot. You know, they can make that ball bounce for you and that makes the guys run a little bit faster, walk a little bit taller, play a little bit harder. So the fans is uh, definitely a, a factor. Uh, so going into this upcoming season, you got Scott Campbell retiring, you got Stephen Keogh departing, but other than that, a ton of your guys from last year are returning on new deals. Plus you're bringing in a couple of new faces in Randy Stotts and, and Ryan Banesh. What in your opinion are the team's biggest strengths heading into this new season? Well, you know, just, just looking, looking back at uh, last year, you know, looking at the, at the goals per, you know, right side goals on the left side, goals per game. And, uh, you know, if we had another goal, another goal in the half to the game, you know, that puts us right, right at the top and bringing Randy in and bringing Vinesh in, you know, that's, that's, that could be, that could be a, a difference. And I like that, that scenario, you bring in one, I know Brent, I know Randy will bring in a lot of, a lot of openings for himself and to, you know, to Shanks and Peterson, Bushy. And I think where a lot of people aren't looking is on the left side. There's going to create a lot of opportunity with the guy sliding from the left side, trying to cut off the guy in the middle. And there's going to be guys wide open on the left side. And Benesh is a great finisher. Cody's a great finisher. And it's uh, a lot of upside to it for sure. And then you got a nice little mix there, Kurt, on that left side with, uh, you know, the acquiring of Dawson Thede last year, who is going to crash and bang. And, and a guy that I think really took a, a step forward and allowed you to to kind of part ways with Kyle Jackson in in Eric Fennell, who who really just kind of took his game. I wouldn't say just one level, maybe two or three, Kurt, and scored some real big goals for you. And and a guy that you can lean on consistently now. I think that's a really nice mix on that side with with Cody, who. I don't know how, how close to 100% he was last year. I think he's going to be a, a real motivated lacrosse player and probably a lot healthier than he was last year. Ryan Binesh, you know, who was very hungry to get himself an NLL championship, something that has eluded him. And then the couple of young guys with Fennell and Thede who, who are going to do the dirty work for you. 
Yeah, with, with Finale, you know, getting a couple of game-winning goals, that's huge. And, uh, you know, Seed's uh, debut, uh, they get three or four goals. Yeah. And, and that was that was great for us. And we're going, geez, that, that, was, that was huge for us. With, uh, you know, great conditioning of, of Finale, you know, it's, it's just going to make everything a little easier. They're very, very uh, dynamic and um, smart players, both of them, in their own right. And it's going to open up some spaces. I think we're going to be, you know, we keep to our game plan. We're going to be successful. And and tell me this, Kurt. Like I, you know, we talk of the offense, and and of course you got one of the best in in the cyborg back there in Hasek. But the goaltending, um, Aaron Bold, who's been a veteran in this league, he's won championships in this league. I think you know what you have in goal there, and and we've seen Warren Hill be very very good in this league, and then we kind of saw Warren Hill be maybe not where you expected him to be. Where is Warren Hill's mindset right at right now? And how much are you relying on him to have kind of a bounce back resurgence this season? With, with uh, say, you know, we go back to our first season in Halifax. Warren was hands down. King of the Hill. One of the, one of the, one of the best players, one of the best goalies in the league at that time, if not the best. You know, COVID come. And unfortunately, um, COVID was kind to players and, and not so kind to other players. It, you know, with Keel, it was good good for him. I know nobody likes to miss any games, but it helped, helped that time off for Keel to actually get heal up where some injuries just take time. And we had to, he had the time to actually actually heal up and be as good as he can get. And, you, got, you know, that showed in, in, a, in a semifinals against Toronto. With with Warren, you know, like all the goalies, you know, like like we got there's so much riding on the line every every night, and everybody's got to come prepared that that they have to be um, be ready to com- compete compete for a spot. And I don't think they would have any other way to compete with the best. You know, to, to be the best, you got to beat the best. And I think both of them are gamers like that. Nobody expects any any free ride because of. Uh, Sorry, you know, just the way they're built. Yeah, sorry, Kurt. I I don't know if if you realize it, but we can definitely hear. I don't know if you're clicking a pen or or that's it's coming through loud and clear on the podcast. And I just want to kind of make you aware of that, just in case uh, you didn't know that. Is, is that what you're doing? Are you like clicking a pen while you're chatting there? No, no. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I just didn't want that kind of to overshadow the the interview and and take away from your words here. So I just kind of wanted to give you a heads up on that. Thank you. Appreciate it. One of the things last year, of course, having one of the older teams in the league, and we discussed this as well when we did the Seals preview, you ran into the injury bug. You ran into some untimely positive COVID tests, which, of course, will be different for this season. But what has changed, I guess, within your team management to address or hopefully prevent some of these injuries from occurring when you have an older roster? A lot of it, where you know, we're telling guys you can't wait to the last minute. And with Noble, with Noble being part of our team, is he, he, uh, he, he lets everybody go. He's a professional, all right, right to the right to the bone. And he tells you guys, this is this is the way. This is what you have to do. And you can't start the week of. You know, you got to start now. And with uh, Scott Campbell being being there, you know, we you know on more than one occasion, he's been asked, "How do you keep so healthy?" How do you do this? And he just one thing he says, I can't make it to the gym every day. Just due to um, 
my fam- my family and um, you know commitments. And he says one thing he does re- religiously is he you know stretches. And I, if that works for him, it's got to work for other people too. So religiously. God, that's stretch. advice we all could take right there, Kurt. Stretching every day. Like, I, I think you know, people put enough importance and, and emphasis on that in their daily life. Flexibility is so key to your health. Young, old, athlete, non-athlete, doesn't matter. Do you agree with me on that? I, I do, yeah. you know, and that's that's one of the things that, you know, the other one would be, uh, you know, we're, you say we're 90% water and other, other is food consumption. And, and we have to be very mindful of the food consumption. We've got to be, you, you know, you are what you eat at the end of the day. And if you want to be healthy, you know, you got to be, you know, you got to eat, eat, eat in such a way. You hear that, Tino? You're you're eating humble pie. Week okay, after week watch after it. Week, uh, <laughs> well, uh, I'm wondering why how the chowder, if it's a positive uh, or a negative on that diet. <laughs> <laughs> the chowder, yes, the famous Halifax chowder. Kurt, there's a there's an awesome article on your guys's team website written by Ty Marrow about your guys's third round selection from the ja- from the draft this past year, Jonathan McConvey. Um, as a speedy defender, is he a guy that you can imagine? cracking the lineup in his first year or do you think that he'll need a little bit of time to learn the pro game i really like his game you know there's uh he's got you know he checks a lot of our boxes you know his uh he's young he's fast got some got some height to him and the part that you can't teach anybody is the is the fight you know i don't mean physically fight but the you know the determination i believe he's one of the guys that's gonna as things get rough he's gonna be the one stepping forward compared to stepping even an inch back. And that's that's one of the reasons why we we chose him. And along with that, Kurt, kind of makes everybody grow a couple of inches and, and put on a couple of pounds, whether they're actually that size or not. Makes play, everybody play a little bit bigger when you got a guy like that. That's that's right. That's right. I agree with that 100%. We, we've been asking every kind of GM about this, their their training camp schedule. Everybody's kind of doing their their own thing. Did I see, is Halifax one of the teams that's heading to, to Aguasasne to, to play in the Ona Lagoa Arena? I think there's three or four teams heading there. Are you heading to Mohawk Country during training camp this season? Yes, yes, we are. That's um, exciting, hey Kurt. Like that's going to be huge for for that community. And man, I had a chance to visit there just over a year ago and, and check out that arena. And I just felt different being on that land. This I think is going to be a real special thing. Like I know the Swarm, I think are going to Onondaga, and, and a bunch of teams are going to Aguasasne. Like th- this is really cool stuff. Yeah, for for a while, you know, we had we had um, always been at the ILA. Uh, but we had the opportunity to go to Aquasusne, and my my friend Kerry Terence asked asked if we'd be interested. Then Josh Anderson, you know, followed up, and I go, sure. What time? What time do you want us there? So I really like the idea. I think we can. We'll we'll make it. We'll make it work, and it'll be a successful weekend for all teams involved. And raise raise a bunch of money for that community and its lacrosse programs as well. While you're at it, that's right. There's a lot of, um, I think there's a lot, I think there's a lot of girls going to, going to university from, um, from Aquasesne. So we can, you know, can't wait to get there to, um, you know, help support uh, monetarily how, you know, how they're to get them, get them to the finish line. You have the opportunity to uh, draft your son, Bo. Now, maybe before I get to the question, so we have it right. Well, how is his first name properly pronounced? Uh, Wake, right? Wake, right? So it is Wake, right? Okay. Great. So 
um, with Rake right then, he, you know, you got a very deep offensive team as it is. Is he going to be a situation where you're going to take the time to develop him, maybe have him on the practice roster, or are you expect him to be a roster player from the start? We're hoping, you know, like everything's going to shake shake itself out in the in a training camp. I I believe that. Um, we have some, you know, some a lot of we got well, we got uh, six lefty old guys. You know, there's Ryan, uh, Wakeright, Fennell, Cody, Dawson, Deed, and Keelan Pelon. So certainly has right size. He's got he's got weight to him. He's got strength from him. He's got a lot of smarts, and you know, we're looking for a lot of good things from him. And we're also going to be at the end of the day. We have to take take what's 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 will make the team better. We've obviously talked about already how like tough your offense is to crack for a new guy coming into the uh, into the lineup. Connor Watson is a guy from out west here that me and Jake have gotten super familiar with, and he's a guy that um, a lot of people Dylan, talked about Dylan, how we Dylan how we is, uh, sorry Dylan yeah oh god <laughs> making me trip up already. <laughs> he's you know a guy that when he slotted into your guys' lineup last year after having a strong training camp really turned a lot of heads and impressed a lot of people enough to get himself uh, a new deal in, in this off season is, is him getting into the offense, something that's going to happen a little bit more this season, or do you still think he's got a little bit of uh, of growing to do towards the program? A lot of competition on that right side, Kurt. For sure. Well, well you got, you got a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of people are, you got, you got Bushy, you got Dutch, you got Peterson, you got Shanks, you got Stotts, you know, that's five. And arguably you're going to have, you know, there's four Hall of Famers in front of you. Yeah. So it, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be tough to get in there. You know, like you have to be, and everybody's, you know, those, you know, Dutch's, uh, Dutch's there, Clark, you know, Austin's right in his, right in his prime, Randy's right in his, right in his prime. You know, they're both at 28, I guess. Peterson's, you know, a couple more years before he gets his full man strength. He's 25. Um, Dutch is, you know, 36. Bushy's another young guy, 25. So, and, you know, like last year, our right side done most of the scoring, done a lot of the scoring, and and with um, you know Randy in there, it could be could be more, you know. Yeah. You know, or look, look, you know, Randy's Randy's could be that. I still think he's uh, has a capability of being a scoring champion in the NLO. <laughs> so do I, Kurt. So do I. Like I don't think I think people are. I don't know. I feel like that whole move got lost in the shuffle because you and Randy have kind of been connected for so long with whether it be the arrows or the chiefs or um, the Nats, whatever it may be. You and Randy have always kind of been joined at the hip a little bit. And I don't know if enough people are talking about you adding Randy Stotts to this offense, like because he hasn't played in a while. I think kind of people forget how good this guy really is, but I, I want to turn the attention to the, to the back end and, you know, a kid that I had a chance to watch a lot of kind of growing up here in, in BC is Aaron Sky. You want to talk about man strength, Kurt? This kid is big and strong and athletic, and I think he's ripe for, for a good go at the NLL. How excited are you to see Aaron Sky at the next level? Yeah, I was went up to watch him in Peterborough, and he was he was pretty pretty good. I was optimistic, but when I see him play and keeping up with some of the best out there, I was very impressed. You know, he's tall, probably six three, a little over six three, yeah, probably maybe closer, bigger, yeah. Closer to two thirty five compared to two twenty. And the, what I like about him is his work ethic. 
there's a lot of lot of guys out there that talk like they're going to the gym, but you you know you, you I see him on the Instagram, man. He's working out on a regular basis, and he's getting after it. Like it's not just uh, you know hopping on the treadmill for twenty minutes. This guy. This guy is squatting. He's deadlifting. He's he's pushing weight around like he he's hungry. Yeah, that's we we need that. We need that. We need that guy along with McConvey. We need those guys. If things get rough, they're they're taking a step forward. And Aaron will do that. McConvey will do that. And we got Bell and Bell and Hasek, You know, yeah, on the, on the left side to to do the same. Same with uh, Armstrong. Luke. Yeah, Mags. Armstrong, yeah, and Magnum, and Terry, Fra- well, Terry Frankel, and you know Withers. Solid you know, top to bottom. Evan, you got one more here for Kurt before we yeah, let him go. I do one of the things I really appreciated about the Thunderbirds last year was the investment in social media presence that you guys made, and you know, and a lot of actually our lacrosse flash family involved. Yeah, with that. upgrade, upgrade you here, know, Evan. They dropped Geik and, and higher Mac with you, but Maki Jenner and uh, you know. Ty and Austin, all those people. Um, you know, I really appreciated Thunderbirds 360. I thought that was a great segment. Why was it important to you, I guess, to make such an investment? And what are we looking forward to this season? Well, I, I really think there's there's a lot more to a game than going to the game and sitting down. You know, there's there's so much that that could be seen. And, you know, there's, they say a picture is worth a thousand words. So I really think that those videos went a long ways. And not only to the people that haven't seen a, seen a game in person, they could actually see what, what was going on behind the scenes and talking to the players. And, you know, we're just going to get better. We're going to get better all the way around with our offense, our defense, our goalies, and our social media. It's going to get better. You know, Charlie Ragusa is going to be, be amazing what he does, and Riley's going to be right there. You know, we've got like the Jenners, Jenners in there. Yeah. No, I think more more teams should follow your lead, Kurt, in that regard and, and really put in an investment, whether it be financial or otherwise, into not only marketing, but putting themselves out there on a regular basis on social media, where which is just so, so important in, in this day and age. This is how people consume their information now is, is through social media. And, and I think Halifax has been at the top of the list when it comes to that and Kurt, listen, uh, I know you're a busy man. We won't keep you much longer here, but um, excited for, for you and the organization to get back inside the nest there in Halifax and, and play some lacrosse games. I know your fans are hungry to come out there and support you guys again this year. And uh, it's going to be fun to watch. Thanks for doing this and best of luck with the T-Birds this season. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Kurt Styers, owner, general manager of the Halifax Thunderbirds and, you know, much like uh, John Arlotta here, guys, that I was talking about off the top, we don't, you don't get a chance to to hear from Kurt Styers on interviews like this very often, and we appreciate his time and his candidness and his honesty uh, when he, when he's talking about his his team and and all the rest of it here. I think we're we're very privileged in that regard to to get a chance to talk to these to these people, and especially with uh, you know. We talked about like the truth and reconciliation, and everything like that. Yeah, Kurt's one of those minds that you can pick easily, and you know he's brought forward a lot of the issues. Uh, two more fans in the NLL, even that is even you know another appreciation I have for the guy. Yeah, and so they've Halifax in general has established themselves already as like one of the craziest fan bases in the league. So I know they're going to be fired up for 
another uh, another season there in the nest. Yeah, so don't make no mistake about it. Halifax is in win now mode, and they have a team. When you look back at it, I mean, they're right there, like seconds away from beating Toronto in in the in that matchup there, and and it's just such a fine line, and and they're right there, and they and they're looking to win a championship here this season, no question about it. Uh, break time here on the podcast. Halftime is upon us on EP208. Brad Self, GM, champion GM of the Colorado Mammoth is coming up in quarter three. Keep it right here. Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. This is Ryan Banesh of the Halifax Thunderbirds. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified. Go on the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. Into the second half we go here of EP208. And our NLL season previews continue as we bring you them brought to you by Stampy Tech and Western Wear. I was on the website just the other day checking out their fine boot selection, in particular the Blundstones guys, and they have every type of Blundstone you can ever imagine. Kids, ladies, men's, high top. You know, they got the Blundstones for, you know, a night out on the town, or they got Blundstones for hiking up a mountain. They got Blundstones for just every day walking around. Blundstones at Stampede Tech and Western Wear, Stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. Check them out, Boots. Blundstones, Stampede Tech, as we welcome to the podcast the reigning champion GM of the Colorado Mammoth. Brad Self is on Lax Class. Welcome to Lax Class, Brad. Thanks for doing this. And Congratulations, man. Uh, the championship looks good on you and the Colorado Mammoth. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, I appreciate the, uh, the shout out. Well, love. yeah, I dig it. How about, uh, I mean, you just kind of did your part with the Mammoth, but maybe we start right at the top, Brad. And how about the year for one Stanley Kroenke? Holy cow, man. A Super Bowl with the Rams, a Stanley Cup with the Avalanche, and an NLL championship with the Colorado Mammoth. He, he's, got a, he's on some kind of heater right now, is, is Mr. Kroenke. I'd say so. That's a uh, mic drop type of year, isn't it? So uh, <laughs> I guess when you own that many franchises, the uh, odds are more in your favor of getting some wins, but to get that many in one year is pretty amazing. Yeah, so. it sure is. And and the championship run for the Colorado Mammoth was was pretty amazing to watch as well, Selfer. Like I, you know, watching watching you guys kind of play all year. There were some ups, there were some downs, there were some lows, there were some real high points. But I think the belief in that locker room, you tell me if I'm wrong, was always there. And and I think it starts with Patty Coyle kind of instilling that in those guys. But I don't know how many people believe that Colorado could, could win the championship more than the Mammoth did. Like, I, I think there was the belief in that room, but maybe not so much outside that room. Did you guys feel like that? A hundred percent. But obviously, uh, you know, and, and honestly, we didn't really use it. And sometimes I've played on teams that do, right? The, uh, we almost, you know, you, you could read and be like, ah, we're just, yeah, Buffalo's going to win. But it was just like, yeah, Buffalo's going to win and we're not going to make it. And obviously injuries. And it was like, ah, San Diego beat us. And at no point did we, uh, have long discussions about that. Our focus continued to be on, on our, on our team and in our locker room. And, and it, yeah, honestly, it was a real special, uh, certainly finish right you win a championship but just you know it's hard because you know your two top player two of your top players ryan lee and eli mclaughlin don't get an opportunity to to be on the floor but they were such a huge part of us we wouldn't have been where we were had they not played as well as they had uh but 
you know, I, I hate saying it, but that was honestly a, a huge part of kind of watching our team come together at the right time and how we picked up, uh, you know, every single guy, you know, we didn't use it as an excuse to, to obviously let it affect us in a negative way. And it was almost a positive, uh, is, is, hard as that sounds and as big a loss as they were it was almost a positive for our team and like I said obviously Patty uh, our coaching staff did a tremendous job and I think also the belief started early in the year I mean we we made a lot of changes over the course of you know a couple of years in COVID leading up to last season so I, I know everyone believed in the team that we had put together and and the guys in the locker room it did <laughs> take some time we had some interesting games I'll tell you throughout the year and I you know I think that we all know right and in, in the lacrosse world we've been you know defense focus first and goaltending out right with Dylan Ward and obviously a great defense and we needed to obviously improve our offense and we had the pieces there it didn't come together like we had hoped early in the season but uh I, I think you you know you, we saw it uh at times in the playoffs and at the end of the year and um yeah it only bodes well for us going forward but it was a really special group and a special season and uh yeah i mean our guys did a tremendous job from our you know coaching staff down to our captains veterans and everybody buying in so. well i i think brad like i you know some of the moves that were made and it's always a a fine line for a general manager to potentially mortgage the future for the here and now and it doesn't always work out and more often than not it doesn't but you have to decide as an individual and I guess as an organization as a whole, is this worth it? Do we think we have a legit shot to get this done? And then you got to have the stones to pull the trigger on the deal. And you did that a couple of times, Brad, that that can't be easy. Do you wrestle with that like sleeplessness or do you just say like, this is what I believe. This is what we need to do. And you just have the conviction and do it. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 listen, we uh, are in a business of winning. Um, I had played on teams here and, and uh, hadn't helped them win. We hadn't won. Um, so you can't just sit idle and, you know, and be like, ah, oh, well, I think, I think we'll be better this year. I, you know, I hope we're better this year. I mean, we, we evaluate our team and we did it again this year going into the season. We've done it every year, even though COVID kind of affected that, but, and felt like we needed to improve and make changes. So, my job, Patty's job, coach, he said, like, we have to go out and make changes and ones that we think will benefit. And we obviously think long and hard on them. And some presented themselves. Obviously, we're actively <laughs> bugging other teams. And our job is to make our team better. And and fortunately, in this instance, we were able to do that. And we'll continue to try to do that. And again, hats off to our team. It's not always easy, right? Seeing your friends leave and, you know, move on who you've played with for a long period of time. And uh, we traded some of those guys away, but brought in pieces that, certainly helped us win a championship so um yeah we're we're you know paid off and like you said it, it is it isn't easy i'd say the hardest part we were aware that we needed to make our team better um but the hardest part is obviously having those conversations with the guys who had you know uh it wasn't wasn't their fault it was just a, you know we had they were pieces that allowed us to get other pieces that helped us win a championship and the hardest part is obviously saying goodbye to those guys so uh it's not easy but it goes with the territory well, and one of those moves you made along the way was for Connor Robinson, who was a high draft pick, didn't get a chance to really crack the roster in Saskatchewan. When he did, the performance was minimal in a system he just wasn't adjusted to. But in your wildest dreams, could you have ever imagined him having this type of season that he had last year? Uh, I mean, you know, honestly, I played. So when I played in 2017 in New West, the main cop, he played as a junior. He was... 
He was awesome. As a junior age kid to come in and play the way he did, he was tremendous. He played, he was fearless. He took the ball to the net. And that, you know, and I don't mean to say this, but Peterborough, we've had pretty good teams in Peterborough that play pretty physical, can be pretty intimidating maybe at times, right? Uh, And he did not take a backward step at any point. So I remember playing against him um, and then watching him with Vic play senior i mean uh, you know coming in as a young guy on a really good team i mean he produced he played well so yeah our staff was really high on him uh for whatever reason it didn't work out in sass uh, i can't sit here and say like hey we predict him at 40 goals but we 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 knew he could play and we knew he would produce um and we're really just we're really lucky to have him on our team he was uh, tremendous for us not just on the floor but off it in the dress room and uh, we expect big things from him again. Um, he's we we see him as one of the top uh, top lefties in the game moving forward. So pretty good post game interviewer too. They test guys. He's, he's the fact that he can remember it every single time yeah. is great. I smirk every single time I see him on there, yeah. and it's like he almost goes away sometimes. And it's like, all right, toss guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, he's good. Uh, last season, uh, during the regular season, at least the mammoth dominated at home, uh, seven and two record when you guys were playing on home floor. And then in the playoffs, you guys follow that up by going four and one on the road in, in your opinion, is that something that you chalk that up to character in the room? Or is that just, you know, you have a confident group that can win regardless of where they play? Yeah. I mean, you got it. We went into some pretty tough buildings, right? And I, I think all in all, it really came down to us finding ourselves as a team and things coming together right uh down the stretch and as we went into the playoffs and feeling confident of how we wanted to play as a team and um you know i it obviously character uh plays a huge part in that um so it was a number like factors coming together as a team again after having made that many changes coming out of covid um hitting our stride at the right time and 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 then obviously yeah character kind of we lost those guys kicked in into overdrive and we saw we saw what our team was made of and like i said it was pretty amazing to watch it sure was as we're here with the general manager of the colorado mammoth brad self uh congrats to your peterborough lakers there self i know he's probably <laughs> still keep in touch with those guys what a man cup series that was and, and it was you know you had a few of those guys Connor robinson and and Kinnear on on that langley team which is going to help you uh you know those guys coming off a championship experience and you know you're i think you're roster i don't know legitimately brad how many spots you think are up for grabs in training camp i know everybody said you know it's fresh start everybody's got to earn their way and all the rest of it but i guess my point being is is who are you kind of most excited to see coming in of of the guys that weren't there last year the logan wisnowskis is if i'm saying that correctly uh yeah. um you know brett draper i thought had a fantastic summer Zach Geddes, Nick Muso, you know, all these kind of new guys that are going to get a look in, in camp with you. Who who are maybe a couple that you're most excited to see? Yeah, we're not coming in with a big group. So um, obviously when you win a championship, right, and the majority of your team's returning, uh, you know, we had Scott Carnegie retire, took on a head of player development role. So really you know, excited to see, you know, what he's able to do in that and well, keep touch, him around. Touch on that first, Brad, because I think Carnes deserves a, a low runway here for – not only what what he did for for you guys, but his career as a whole, and and what he's going to do for the Mammoth in the future. Talk about Scott Carnegie for a second. Yeah, yeah, he's. I mean, when we talk about our team winning a championship last year, I know we all, you know, that there's all the you know the hype around and rightfully so around our guys, right? That when they the awards and and dominate their positions, and 
you know, I, I, I should know this. There's probably a leadership award, but Scott Carnegie is a man. He is just like a natural born leader. His ability to connect with every single teammate is special. Uh, I, you know, I, I played with them. I, I, you know, I played against them. I didn't know him as a person. Right. Uh, but then when I got to play with him, I saw that and I saw it even more, um, in this role with just his ability to, yeah, like I said, interact and, and, and understand the NLL, the highs and lows that people go through, right. From the travel and their own other busy hustle, bustle day-to-day lives. Right. And yeah, he was just managed it so well and managed our room and people. And yeah, he, he's tremendous. He's going to be a valuable asset to us. And I think somebody that will be around as long as he wants to in the NLL doing some sort of development coaching, uh, role. And, uh, because he's, he's that, he's that special. So, uh, he was a huge part of our success. So I know probably there wasn't any articles written about him when we won a championship, but uh, he would have been actually a driving force in that locker room of keeping everyone together when, you know, guys went down. So hats off to him for obviously uh, his career and the amazing career that he had in championships. Right. And nice way to go out. Yeah. Uh, new guys, so, new guys, Selfer. Tell me about Yeah, new guys. Let's go to them. So, yeah, I mean, we obviously lost Sammy Firth and Turner, uh, Eric Turner in the expansion, right? Trying getting Brett McIntyre back. So those are a couple, uh, you know, depth positions we'd like to fill. So Logan Wisnowski is somebody who's, you know, we're really high on Asher Nolting on the other side of the floor. Um, we only finished the season with uh, actually three righties with Leeser's uh, injury and we trade Sammy LeClaire. So, uh, you know, we are uh, have depth positions, four or five uh, to compete for on the right-hand side. And, probably five on the left-hand side, but, um, you know, anything's possible. Those guys are high in talent. They're committed to being NLL players. We didn't just draft them in hopes that they would want to play in the NLL, had long conversations with them before. And, uh, they assured us that they are committed to playing, uh, professional indoor lacrosse in the national lacrosse league and they're laser focused. So we're really excited. Obviously Jake Foster, right. Uh, you know, somebody we were high on before and, we actually had conversations with, with him prior to the, the roster cutdown uh, about bringing him in. Just didn't make sense at that time for us where we were at numbers-wise, but we feel like he can come in and compete for one of those four or five spots for sure. Uh, had a good summer in Victoria. And then, yeah, on the back end, I mean, Noah Labar, he was on our team all last year. We're expecting big things from him. Um, you know, we're pushing him to come in and compete for a spot, and, and he saw what it takes to play at that level. So, um, he's a returning guy, but certainly, as you mentioned, Brett Draper had a phenomenal summer. Um, the fact that he got to play for Pat, uh, and Jason Bishop, right. Is, uh, you know, is only going to, that always help helps in the recruiting for sure too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I helped with the recruiting <laughs> yeah. process for sure. Yeah. Uh, but understanding our systems, um, right away and, and knowing Pat and Bish and kind of, you know, how they coach and how they interact and, uh, yeah, I mean, he had a tremendous summer, so we're really, really excited about him. Um, yeah, Nick Musso, obviously younger coming out of junior, but big physical guy and, and something we've kind of been trying to address. Uh, and, and so we're, we're excited to see him. Um, yeah, the Gettys, uh, came highly recommended, you know, we'll see, obviously it's not an easy, uh, transition from us field to, to the box game for any of these guys, but, uh, obviously had really good, uh, career at NCAA had a good first successful season in PLL. So he's familiar with that. Uh, Evan Downey actually also played for Pat and Bish and yeah, yeah he, he had a really good summer. Pat, uh, obviously speaks really highly of him and just how he came in as a U.S. guy and hadn't had experience playing much box at all and picked it up really well. He's, uh, so we, we, yeah, like I said, we don't have a lot of spots, uh, but it's, I mean, we expect it to be competitive. Uh, not just amongst those guys, but obviously amongst our players and pushing Dylan Kinnear had a tremendous summer. 
Um, we expect him to push for more playing time. Um, that, and Brett McIntyre, likewise, right now he's got his confidence. He got in at the end of the year and the expectation is that, uh, well, the expectations, they go up and then and, and we're hopeful that we see that come training camp and um, we're excited. Well, speaking of guys that have pretty good summers, John Lentz, who, you know, you know, came from a program that was regionally very well known, but not nationally well known to literally seconds away from winning a national title. When you have a player like that, how do you harness his knowledge and his coaching ability as a player within the team? Yeah, what a, I mean, that was fun watching those guys, wasn't it? I think, unbelievable, uh, John. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. It was, it was, I mean, loved I, the whole Manto Cup, right? And everyone's got ties and we got connections and all the teams, right? So you're rooting for everybody. But it was like, it was hard not to just, when you watch them play, I'm like, man, I really just really like how these guys play, right? And they just didn't go away and kept coming. And so, yeah, he did a tremendous job. He, there's another guy, right? Like long career. And, 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 and man, I, to me, you know, I played against him and uh, now to watch him play, like he's getting better. He's I, a, I, I, it's, it's really hard to. It's incredible, man. It's He's incredible. Been tremendous. I mean, him and Warren Jeffrey have kind of, you know, become a pair since Warren came into the league. And I, I'd be hard pressed now to watch to see how many times those two get beat together as a pair uh, at any given time. So, yeah, he, he's another guy like Scotty Kearns, just a tremendous leader, a tremendous guy. Uh, you know, he's one of our the captains. I mean, we're really fortunate to have him. It's fortunate that he's coming back. You know, it's not always the easiest, right? Uh, young family. Uh, demanding job um obviously it's getting into the coaching world so he's he's a busy man but we're, we're really fortunate lucky that he's coming back again the season that he's on our team and you know our, our young guys are not just young guys but all the other guys are just fortunate to be able to have him on the team to learn from him so excited to excited to have him back uh keeping with some new guys that were brought in matt dunn is a guy that was recently brought in via trade with georgia uh what do you like about his game and what kind of role do you see him playing in colorado yeah, that's somebody that we uh, have been interested in for a while. Uh, unfortunately, we don't believe that he will be playing with us this year. His uh, commitment uh, are, you know, he's focused on obviously the world championships uh, next summer uh, with Team USA and all the tryouts. He's also uh, coaching high school lacrosse and committed to that. Did not plan on playing in the NLL this season. Um, but that's only, a, I believe, a one-year commitment. So uh, we're hopeful, uh, you know, if it comes up that he's able to play this year, great. At this point, we're not expecting him in camp. But uh, the trade wasn't for necessarily this year, but was for the long term. And again, another guy that when we watch him play, I feel like his game will transition. And also the fact that he's had some experience in Georgia playing, yeah. um, you know, a big right shot, physical, steady defense. Freak fixing. athlete too, Brad. Like, yeah, just yeah. So we won't see him probably won't see him this year but we're hopeful that you're going to see him in colorado uh in years to come hey we want to we want to talk about your schedule we want to talk about training camp but i i heard you mention you know lince and, and jeffrey playing as pairs and i think we're starting to see that a little more like we've seen it on offense for a long long time guys that excel in a two-man game together and and maybe it's happened over defense for for periods of time but it doesn't it's not something that really gets talked about and I think we're starting to see teams do it more and more pair up a guy defensively where you know the communication and in the switching and the stain and the floor presence and all that becomes second nature when you play with a guy over and over on repetitive shifts and it sounds like 
Pat kind of really believes in that philosophy. Yeah, I don't want to give too much away on here. Hey, who's listening? Well, but. <laughs> everybody, Brett. Everybody, everybody that's yeah. right. Uh, no, I, I mean, listen, we play a system, and the expectation is that everyone plays that system. But exactly what you said, when you can play with someone over and over and learn their tendencies, kind of how they communicate, they're saying the exact same thing over and over. Uh, they open the same way all the time. They play a certain, you know, top side certain way. And although it's your system, it, it over time, it, it's second nature. And, and listen, it doesn't happen through the course of the game, as you know, right guys break sticks, a little injury here and there on and off, whatever it might be. Right. So it can't always work out that way, but as much as we can, we like to for sure have some guys, uh, play together in pairs. One of the things last year though, was you had situations where there were some consistency issues in the opening quarter and games where Dylan Ward would be pulled quite early. How do you address changing that philosophy? So you're moving from moment one. That's a, uh, that's something that you're certainly right. You're bang on. We oh, had, I uh, thought he was going to give it to you there, Evan. My goodness. That was no, <laughs> no, you're bang on. Yeah. Listen, uh, we, we have, had some issues that we, we talked through the course of the year. We, we, I honestly, we maybe get a little bit better through the course of the year, but something certainly that we uh, plan on, uh, you know, being a focus for us uh, this season, but it isn't easy, right? You, 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 you know, we talk, you can discuss it, you can talk about, it, you can change the way you warm up a little bit. Uh, but at the end of the day, it comes down to obviously being a little, whatever, uh, bearing down sharper, whether it be on a loose ball, tighter on D. Um, starting on time, Brad, just, you know, starting on time. Yeah, we just didn't, I, I don't know. It was one of our, for our team, that was an issue for us through the course of the year. And again, if we want to continue to get better, something that we're going to have to get better at. I don't have the answer for you, but we can talk again at the end of this year and I'll let you know uh, how it goes with things we implement. Tino, yep. I'm muted. Oh, you're there. Damn it. Uh, (laughs) Asher Nolting is a guy that you brought up earlier. Um, And I want to ask you about kind of what his or what your expectations are for him this year, because we see a lot or we've seen a handful of times, at least field guys come into the box game and sometimes the game translates and sometimes it doesn't. So from you personally and from your coaching staff and stuff, what are your expectations for him? Listen, they're going to have to come in. It's going to be, I mean, we training camp is short, four weekends long, right? They, you know, we don't have a ton of time to get them up to speed and they're going to have to learn quickly. We, you know, they're on our huddle account. Uh, our coaching staff is having conversations with them probably as we speak uh, to get them ready for uh, camp and what's to come and learning how to play our system because, you know, Logan's a guy that has had the ball on his stick. Uh, when you watch him play at high point, that's kind of how he played. Now, not as much maybe with the Cannons this year with Lyle Thompson there. Um, so certainly understanding and learning how to play our system uh, and every part of it, not just the one that is the part where he carries the ball. And then just being assertive, right? Like uh, there's time and place and you can play the system. And then, you know, there's seven, eight seconds left in the shot clock. It's go time, right? If, uh, nothing has kind of opened up. So he'll have to learn a lot uh, and buy into that in, in our team game and the box game and believe he will. Um, and if certainly skilled enough, right? Um, physical enough, big enough, uh, athletic enough to play in our league. Uh, so he's going to get, obviously with Ryan Lee not being ready, uh, won't be ready for, you know, week one. Um, you know, he's going to get an opportunity to certainly whether it be opening night roster, active roster, practice roster, but he's going to get an opportunity. So, uh, you know, it's on him to come in and, and kind of grab a hold of that by all the things that he's going to 
you know, be thrown at him from like we talk about puddle video, you know, being with the guys, you know, going through offensive reps, getting into a couple games here in Toronto and Vegas. So, um, what's you know, the ETA on, on Leaser? I know he's not going to be ready for week one, but do you have some sort of timeline when you can expect your superstar back? Uh, you know what? It's, it's with, you know, obviously had surgery and, and hard to say we have a lighter schedule is probably a good thing for him. Right. And us, I guess, uh, don't know. Hard to say. I can't, you know, would like to sooner rather than later, but we are not going to rush it. And yeah, we don't have a date. He will be back this season and knowing, knowing Leaser and knowing how hard he's pushing, uh, he'll be, he'll be back uh, to where he was last year in no time. You know, it's it's hard to win a championship. It's even harder to repeat. You know, everybody's going to be gunning for you now. You know, hopefully the hunger's there for the players. What needs to happen for the Colorado Mammoth to repeat as champions? Yeah, just a, a, another complete buy-in from everybody in our organization, right? Coaches, players, it, it, we can't be complacent. We can't think that it's easy because we went through it and we know how hard it was. I mean, it was it was a grind. And it is going to, it's going to be no different. That's every single year. So we need everyone to buy in, into to what we're trying to do and, our, and go through it together. And again, there'll be highs and lows and we got to get out of those lows quickly. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, we got to believe in each other and actually go after it. Like it, it's, it's not just going to happen. And, and so everyone's got to want it uh, and, and believe that they do, but we'll obviously assess that week by week and go through that. And man, we want to win. Well, we you want to win, and that's the expectation. So we have to uh, can't come in and just be happy with one, and and we got to continue to push and know how much of a grind it's going to be. So we're excited to get back after it. Well, you kick it off in Saskatchewan on December the third. Your home opener is uh, week into the new year against those no good roughnecks who come to town on the seventh. Um, just quickly here, Brad, before we let you go, training camp. You mentioned four weeks in a row. Nobody coming to Langley this year. I'm a little upset about this. Uh, it's kind of cool for Vancouver to have have it all to themselves. But on the flip side, I kind of like seeing everybody come through the LEC through training camp. But uh, what's the plan for the Mammoth uh, exhibition games, all that sort of stuff? Where are you guys hanging out? Yeah, so we'll be uh, first and last weekend in November. We'll be in uh, Denver, just 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 us, not playing anybody. And in, in, uh, in between, on the second weekend, we're going to Toronto. That's kind of uh every year we do that i have a good relationship with jamie so we go into the track and we'll play them on saturday night there um of the second weekend and then the following weekend we're actually going to vegas for a game on sunday so excited to obviously go down there and and uh you know see what it's like playing in their their arena um so a couple good opportunities for us again not a big roster but guys are going to get an opportunity to to play and and uh obviously perform and hopefully earn a roster spot. So we're excited. Uh, we're excited to get going here in a couple of weeks. Vegas on the regular season schedule as well in Vegas, I believe in February, uh, Brad, listen, I know you got to get going here. We appreciate your time on lax class as always. Congratulations on the big championship and best of luck with the mammoth this year. Okay. Appreciate it, fellas. Thank you. Thank you, Brad, self-general manager of the Colorado Mammoth. And, you know, we don't get a chance to talk to Brad very often. He's not a big presence on social media either, guys. But when you sit back and you listen to Brad self talk about his roster, his coaching staff, the organization, you can see why this guy has, has won a bunch of championships with the Lakers, and now he's won one here with the Mammoth. This guy is a leader of men.
It's pretty cool as well. Like some of these kids that are that have been drafted to the team this year. Obviously, he talked He's about how like tough, a, yeah. tough of a roster as well that it's going to be for for them to crack with most of the guys coming back. But to be able to come into a training camp and just try to absorb as much of that championship knowledge as possible, it's going to be a great experience for him. And how about the dynamic of him? Like 2017, I want to say. What did he say? 2017. <laughs> He's playing in the Man Cup as as a wily old veteran, and and there's Connor Robinson as a junior A call up. Pretty cool stuff now that he's his GM in, in Colorado. Uh, great chat there with Brad Self. Still another quarter to go here on EP208. Lax class locks are coming up next. Keep it right here at Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. All right, fourth quarter action is now underway, which means no more breaks here on the podcast. Big thanks to Associated Labels and Packaging for their continued support. I know my man Sean Ashworth has to be a happy camper as his 49ers continue to roll. They picked up Christian McCaffrey in a trade, just what they needed. I think the Jimmy Garoppolo haters have settled down a bit, but how about McCaffrey, who becomes, I believe, the first 49er to rush for a touchdown, receive a touchdown, and throw for a touchdown. That is the NFL hat trick of touchdowns right there. I don't know how many players have done that in history. It cannot be many. Uh, but 49ers. Like, we, should, we should see if one of our listeners can like, but like what a great piece of trivia that would be if, uh, if yeah. somebody can look up if anybody else has done that before. Yeah, get at us at Lax Class, at uh, Lacrosse Classified on Instagram, slide in the DMs. we got a Facebook page. We might as well do this now. Facebook page. If you want to get a hold of Tino Ferra, he is at Ferratino. I am at PXP for sports. Evan is at Shem Lax. And uh, you can email us as well at lacrosseclassified at gmail.com. While you're at it, don't forget, subscribe to the podcast wherever you're doing that. Smash that subscribe button. And then uh, smash that five-star review while you're at it. Write down a couple of words. We would appreciate it. Yeah, look it up. Uh, NFL player to catch, rush, and throw for a touchdown in the National Football League. I don't. I feel like that has not been done more than five times in the league's history. We'll see. All right. Uh, of, uh, the NFL. Pretty much. Pretty much. So what would be the equivalent – to a national lacrosse league hat trick like that like what like make a save <laughs> score score a goal and something else like something else crazy i don't know what, what it could be we'll think about that maybe we'll come up with an answer for that uh, but a big thanks to associated labels and packaging you need a label you need a package they're the best in the business over 40 years of experience down there in coquitlam quality ethics they do it all and they're the best. Labels, packages, you need one. Associated labels and packaging. As fourth quarter means lax class locks. It's locked. When you write 52% of the time, you're wrong 48% of the time. I hear by the club, it's a big luck, all right. Uh, like we said, Evan screwed it up last week. Uh, you know, we don't even get a chance to rip him, which kind of sucks. But I guess we can still do it anyways. You want to throw some shade Evan's way here, even though you he's know, not on the pod this week? It's just a little interesting that the week after I say that 
I'm going to shove Evan into a lock <laughs> that he just he's happens to be sniffles. sniffles. Just he's got the sniffles. Whatever, Evan. Yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully he's okay. I think, uh, you know, I, I imagine Evan must be pretty sick not to be on the podcast this week. So we hope Evan's okay. But uh, he's out on, well, no, he actually gave us a pick for this week. So we'll let him in. I don't even know how to pronounce either one of these teams. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to help you with that. I'm just going to let you. Well, no. I'm just sink or swim. <laughs> well, now, like. I think he's changed. Like he literally just texted and like changed his pick. So now I'm a little lost here, and and we may need to recoup. Um, let's do this. I am taking the Philadelphia Eagles on Thursday night football to beat the Houston Texans by at least. 13 points. I think it's going to be a lot more than that, Tino, the way these Eagles are rolling. I think 13 is a pretty good number to get the Eagles at, which is at a minus 109. Um, And they're the only undefeated team left in the National Football League. And Houston, to me, is an awful, awful football team. So I like my pick this week. I think it's coming home. And you're, you're going football as well. How about my Seattle Seahawks, Tino. You're you're riding the Hawks, the hot Hawks this week. Yeah, Geno Smith. Why not? Ride the hot hand. Let's do it. So Geno and the Seahawks, they're actually the underdog this week going up against the Arizona Cardinals. And there are what are they? They're plus 1.5. And you're getting a decent number there. Minus 105 for the Hawks to either win the game outright or lose by no more than a single point. Um, the Eagles are minus 109. Now, I'm a little confused here because earlier Evan said he was – I'm going to get buried on this, but Udinese or Lecce. I I don't know if this is Italian soccer, French soccer. And I thought he was taking Udinese, if that is, in fact, how you pronounce it. But now I think he is uh, – he's taking Lecce. So I, I really don't know. Uh, we'll figure that out. All you have to do, though, is go to coolbet.com. If you haven't done this already, I don't know what you're doing. But go to coolbet.com, sign up, and if it's your first time putting money into your account, well, you are in luck, my friends, because Coolbet will match you up to $200 on your first-time deposit. All you have to do is put in the bonus code LAXCLASS. One word. Lax class, free $200, courtesy of Coolbet. Stay cool, Tino. Bet responsibly. Um, but I figure these odds, either way, whether Evan takes Udinese or Leche or Lisi or Lechu, I don't It's going to be around five plus 550, which should get you a cool bet return of about 140 when this thing comes home next week. And listen, I'm coming back from vacation. And I'm going to need a little juice in in the bank account after this little trip down here to Cancun, Tina. So this thing has got to come home, and I think it will. Yep, we're feeling confident. And, uh, you know, Evan's going to come back healthy. He's going to bring us some good luck. So uh, let's hope it starts this weekend. Oh, okay. I was confused here. Evan, he is taking you to this. It just seems like such a stupid name for a team. Uh, 
So anyway, he has taken Udinese. They are minus 175 on the money line. So pretty big favorite there. And uh, Evan in the soccer. He likes the soccer. So there you go. Um, good luck. Stay cool. Like I said, bet responsibly. Tino, I, I'm all over the place. If you can't tell here this week, I'm, uh, you know, like I said, I'm recording on AirPods right here overlooking the swimming pool with uh, with what I could. They call this drink I've been having so far this week a mango mash. And all I know is it's like a, a mango slushy with a buttload of vodka in it. And honestly, like I've been asking for like triples and I can't even taste the alcohol. Like they just go down like nobody's business. And I got to get back to back to work here, too. So. I'm going to let you go. Appreciate you making time on the pod and setting things up this week and, and posting it up uh, for me while I'm down here. I'm sure Evan will be back next week. And we still got a couple more teams to do here. Uh, Chugger, I would assume, for the Buffalo Bandits will be coming up. Steve Dietrich. And we'll reach out to Mike Board or maybe Mouse Kerbalowski. We'll get one of those two guys on the podcast as well and round out our season previews. With the bandits and the roughnecks. How about it? Sounds good. Fired up. Can't wait. Uh, yeah. And then we'll have, uh, I guess, a couple of weeks to go before the start of the season. So we'll effort to uh, get the commissioner, Brett Breed, back on. And and uh, maybe we'll get your your favorite NLL crew chief and, and Todd LeBrunch back on the podcast. And uh, he can tell you how much your takes suck. <laughs> okay. Go have another drink there, you dummy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's going to do it here for Lax Class 208. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week, every week, with another podcast right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Big thanks to Brad Self and Kurt Styers for coming on the podcast. To you, of course, our loyal listeners, for checking out the podcast each and every single week. We appreciate you ever so much to our fabulous sponsors, Stampede Tap, Associated Labels and Packaging, CoolBet, and Rycor Construction. Those guys are the best. Support our sponsors. That's how you support the podcast. And we will talk to you next Tuesday. For Tino Fair, I've been Jake Elliott for the fastest game on two feet. For the creator, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay classified.